Hi everyone, this is Joey Fight, and I'm the founder of thephysicaleducator.com. You're listening to The Phys Ed Show, a podcast for physical education teachers who care deeply about creating effective, meaningful experiences that ultimately empower their students to get the most out of life. I hope you're all having an amazing, restful summer. I know that some of you are starting to get back into your schools, which is wild. And if you're one of those teachers that falls into that category, I hope that that whole transition from summer mode to school mode just goes as smoothly as possible. In today's episode, I'll be talking about what I will be doing this upcoming school year. But before we get into that, I've got two quick announcements for you. First off, the physicaleducator.com has been completely redesigned, rebuilt, and relaunched. The new version of the site is now live, which I'm super pumped about, and I'm so excited to have a functioning website once again. I'd love for you to check it out and let me know what you think. I'm still building some parts of it and smoothing out a few glitches here and there, but everything you should expect from the site is now live and ready for you to explore. The second thing I want to tell you about is PhysEdU, the PhysicalEducator.com's professional growth community. Listen, teaching PE can be lonely and trying to grow your capacity for designing and delivering effective physical education experiences is no easy task. I launched Visit You with the intention of creating a space in which physical educators can engage in open and honest professional conversations, ask vulnerable questions, and share experiences from their teaching without having to worry about whether or not they were going to be judged for it by others. VizEdU members get to participate in exclusive workshops, access high quality professional content, and discover innovative resources that can help them take their teaching to the next level. And all of this is complemented by an incredible community of passionate physical educators that you can engage with 24 seven, regardless if you're at your computer or on your mobile device. If you wanna learn more, check out thephysicaleducator.com slash membership. Again, that's thephysicaleducator.com slash membership. All right, let's dive into today's episode. I wanna start this off by sharing some news that I'm pretty excited about. This September, after an almost three year hiatus, I'm gonna be going back to teaching. And not only will I be going back to teaching, I'll be going back to teaching elementary physical education and doing so at the public K-8 school here in the town where my family and I live, which is, some of you know, is Kentville, Nova Scotia. The school is called Kings County Academy, or KCA, and I know it pretty well. For the past two years, I've served on the school's Parent Teacher Association, as well as the school's School Advisory Council. I've also done a bunch of volunteering at the school. I've helped organize nature-based scavenger hunts for the middle school's Take Me Outside and Nova Scotia Walks Day. I've prepped and delivered veggies through the school's Taste the Rainbow program. I even volunteered to co-teach a four-week skateboarding unit with my soon-to-be teaching partner and his middle school of PE lessons. John, I know that you love shout-outs, so here's another one for you. I'll be joining the KCA faculty as a part-time P to three physical education teacher. And during the rest of my time, I'll continue to create content for the physical lead the community over at PhysEdU, and serve my own community as Kentville's active transportation facilitator, which I'm super fired up about, but that's like a whole other podcast. So it'll have to wait for another day. Honestly, everything about this new chapter in my career still feels like a, a dream come true. I'm feeling so excited about getting started at KCA. And without wanting to sound cocky or anything, I'm also feeling really confident. 
I'm at a point in my career now where I know the value that I bring to a school and I'm aware of the pedagogical skill set that I've built because I've worked so damn hard to build it. There's a reason why ideas and resources from my teaching are found in gyms all over the world. And it's not just because they look pretty. I've put in the work and have continuously strived for excellence in just everything that I've taken on as an educator. I'm an award-winning teacher, a celebrated keynote speaker, and one of the most followed physical education thought leaders on the planet. However, despite all of that, I am incredibly nervous about going back to the gym. When I sat down to map out this episode, my mind immediately jumped to all the things that had me so fired up to get to teach at KCA. And trust me, we will get to those at some point. That's what I want to focus on on this next podcast episode. But for today, for this episode, I want to get real with you and talk about the things we often don't talk about, about the weight of being a teacher, the uncertainty of what a school year will hold and about the fear of not being good enough or strong enough to go about your teaching in a way that is authentic, vulnerable, and aligned with the kind of teacher you once dreamed of becoming. I feel like a broken record when I bring this up, but it's important that you know the context. I left teaching in 2020 because of burnout. The pandemic and trying to teach through the pandemic nearly killed me, and I don't say that lightly. My physical mental and emotional health got so bad that my wife and I decided that I needed to make a drastic change. And that change meant leaving the profession that I love. All of that feels so insanely long ago now because my life has changed so much since then. In that same year that I left teaching, my wife and I welcomed our second son into the world. We also completely blew up our life in Montreal, the only life that I'd ever known, and moved our family to Nova Scotia. We didn't even have a home. We just literally like packed up all of our stuff, shipped it out east, and figured that we'd figure things out along the way. Thank God that we did, but looking back, it was definitely a pretty crazy move. Since we've been living in Kenville, I've been focused on creating content, building my instructional coaching skills, and relaunching the website. We moved to this quiet little town to raise our boys and provide them with a life that you know, is full of joy, love, and adventure. That's why I've been so involved in the school and in our community, doing my best to bring what value I can to Kenville to make it that much better, not only for my own kids, but for all kids. And along the way, despite my best efforts to ignore it, the teacher part of me kept trying to come out. For example, there's this thing called Shaft in Town, which stands for a super happy active family time, which is basically just like, open gym time at our local soccer dome for families to bring their kids during like the cold winter months. If you were attend to attend any shaft session, you'd probably find me leading some parachute games or creating these crazy like pool noodle obstacle courses or teaching kids how to play flag tag. I can't help it. Listen, my whole life, I found myself in positions that have reminded me of the positive impact that you can have on a child's life just by trying to bring a little extra magic to it. Be as like a camp counselor, a coach, or a PE teacher, you should never just assume that a kid's life is already good enough. I found it much better to operate on this assumption that every child you encounter will probably benefit from knowing that there are adults in this world that care about them, are rooting for them, and want them to be happy. And it really doesn't take much 
a smile here, a cheer there, or even just a good listen every now and then usually does the trick. I'm getting a little off topic here, but the gist of the story is that although I love the work that I've been doing these past two years, I came to the realization that I missed teaching. So that's why I embarked on the absolutely frustration-free process of having my Quebec teacher license recognized here in Nova Scotia. And in case it wasn't properly conveyed through audio here, that was a very sarcastic statement. Anyways, about five months and like a kidney later, I finally got my Nova Scotia teacher license and started subbing for the Annapolis Valley Regional Center for Education or the AVRCE or in terms that most people actually understand, my local school board. Subbing was definitely an interesting ride. And again, that could be like a whole other podcast episode. What you need to know is that teaching was making me really happy. More than happy on the rare days that I got to sub in PE, teaching me was making me come alive. It was like this dormant part of my soul was waking up and I loved it. I loved how I felt on the days that I got back from teaching. I loved how excited I was to share what I'd planned for that day. And I really really loved being called Mr. Joey when I was out and about in town. All of this is what led to me to apply to a few teacher positions that had opened up in schools in my area, including one at KCA. When I got the interview for it, honestly, I thought it was like a courtesy interview because I didn't actually think that the position was available. That said, I went for it and had a blast at the interview. I love interviews. I don't know why people freak out about them. It's like, okay, you're going to make me sit down and talk about phys ed for an hour. Oh no, please don't do that. <laughs> I love dorking out about PE. And when I finally got the call at the end of the day um, saying that I got the position at KCA, I was in shock. I still am, but I've pinched myself enough at this point that I'm accepting it as a reality. And that kind of gets us back to what this episode is all about. Although there are many things that joining the KCA team has me feeling deeply excited about, there are also a lot of things that have me feeling nervous and even borderline scared. So in a name them to tame them effort, here are four things that are making me feel a little frightened about going back to teaching. How is going back to teaching going to affect my family life? What if going back to teaching makes me fall back into the unhealthy habits that led to me burning out last time? What if I try to pick up where I left off and fail? And what if I end up spreading myself too thin? So let's start with the number one on that list. There is nothing in this world that is more important to me than my family. When my wife and I decided to blow up our lives in Montreal and move out east, it gave us a real opportunity to intentionally rebuild our family life from the ground up. Two years later, and I can honestly say that I love the life that we have built together here in Kenville. I went from being a dad who was like constantly working and stressing about work to being hands-on with my boys each and every day. My wife has this 30-minute commute to get to the school where she teaches, which means that I get the kids ready in the morning. I do breakfast. I get them dressed. I, we have the occasional rock and roll dance party, and then I drop my eldest off at the bus stop and walk the little guy up to daycare. Our evenings and weekends are filled with looking for turtles at the marsh or riding bikes and scooters at the curling club parking lot, swinging on the place in the yard and all kinds of other adventures. Jess and I have worked hard to build a happy, healthy life for our boys here. And I'm so grateful that we've been able to do so with such intention and purpose. Now I know 
what an all-consuming job teaching can be. I also know that I am predispositioned to obsess over it. Being a teacher is part of who I am. It's a lens through which I look at the world, and I love that about myself. However, I also know that I can lose myself in it. There were several days back in Montreal where I would be at my computer planning or creating for an upcoming unit or event while my son was like playing alone in the living room. And I don't want that. I don't want to lose what we've built here. So the good news is that I'm not the same person that I was three years ago. When I left teaching to focus on recovering from burnout, I committed to doing the kind of internal work that would allow me to grow into the kind of person that is able to recognize the things that are important and those that are not. The essential from the non-essential. A big part of this work involved building a practice of awareness. Mindfulness meditation, reflection, vulnerable conversations. Those are all tools that have helped me look at my behaviors, thoughts, and feelings and figure out which emotions are driving them. In doing so, I feel like I'm in a better place to see things with clear eyes, and I recognize if the boundaries I've set for my new life are being respected, and you know if they're being bent a little, whether I'm allowing that to happen for what I consider to be the right reasons. Now, the second point on that fear list is that I'm afraid that I'm going to fall back into the unhealthy habits that led to my burnout in the first place. When I look at photos of myself when we first arrived here in Nova Scotia, I can barely recognize the person that I'm looking at. To give you an idea, I'm six foot two, and when we got here, I weighed about 160 pounds. Currently, I'm at 200 pounds, which is the most I've ever weighed in my life, and I feel fantastic. Seriously, when if you saw photos of me then, I was like skeletal levels of skinny, and it wasn't for any kind of like good reasons. Not only does stress cut my appetite, I also have this terrible habit to skip meals when I'm focused on a task or deadline. Some of the leftover code from my 20s made me believe that, you know, it's okay to pull the occasional coffee-fueled all-nighter when I was really into designing a project, unit, or resource. Skipping workouts or even just bouts of physical activity was worth it if I meant that I was able to come off as this, like, productive super beast. I realize now how unhealthy those habits are, no matter how ingrained they are in my DNA. And I also realize how ultimately they ended up capping the positive impact I could have had at St. George's School by forcing me to leave earlier than I'd wish I had. As I get ready to embark on this new chapter of my teaching career, I'm doing so with sustainability in mind. I'm in this for the long run, and that means being okay with sacrificing short-term speed for long-term impact. I want my kids to grow up seeing that you can do great work and take care of yourself as you do it. Also, I want to have fun while I'm teaching. I don't want to feel horrible, exhausted, or miserable. I want to go into each and every lesson with the same level of energy and enthusiasm that I felt while I was subbing this year with students. There are a couple tools that I'm using to make sure that I stay on track this time. First of all, reflection is now baked into my daily routine. When I wake up and get ready for work, the first thing I do is review any tasks, notes, or photos that fell into my capture inbox the day before. I then sort those out, intentionally choose what I want to focus on today, and then do a quick scan of how I'm feeling. By the way, mindfulness meditation has really helped me become more aware of how I'm feeling and has taught me to get curious about the 
underlying emotions or beliefs that are driving those feelings. Anyway, I then log all that information into my journal and get on with my day. I've also recently started using an app called Dailyo. That's D-A-Y-L-I-O. And this app allows me to track my mood throughout the day. It's a great little SEL kind of app that makes tracking your mood and activities really quick and easy. And I'm excited to see what kind of trends will look like over a longer period of time. And I'll probably make a video about that at some point. All of this to say that I've worked hard to build checks and systems in my life that allow me to be aware of what author Jerry Colonna refers to as ghost in my code, the default settings from a previous life that like to try and creep back into my day to day every now and then. I'm in a better place to catch them early, to thank them for wanting to protect me and to just send them on their way. Anyways, we'll see how all this holds up come report card season, but right now I'm feeling really confident. Now, number three on that list is what if I try to pick up where I left off and fail? Going back to when I first started at St. George's School, when I first got to that school, I was so eager to show everyone how innovative I could be as a teacher that I ended up belly flopping. There were a lot of parents that were very vocal about me being too cerebral as a PE teacher. The students would often complain and say that they just want to go back to their old PE. And trust me when I say I wasn't becoming friends with my coworker. Looking back, I made the mistake of putting content before connections. Knowing what I know now, I know that there's always some kind of emotion or need that drives our behavior. The look at me approach that I took on when I got to St. G's was really built on a fear of what if I'm not good enough to deserve to be here? I was out to prove myself as being worthy, which ended up wasting a lot of time, energy, and mental health. From what I've learned in my work since then, it seems that many teachers experience thoughts and fears related to worthiness. Maybe it's because society loves to punch down on teachers whenever it gets a chance to, or maybe it's because we're constantly forced to fight for what is right for teachers, like pay, work conditions, and things like that. Either way, it makes sense that this feeling of unworthiness is uh, both a shared and common one amongst teachers. So let me just say this. As a human being, you are inherently worthy. The worth that you keep trying to let others allow you to feel has been within you all of this time. It's always been there since the day you were born, waiting for you to feel ready to feel it, uh, to lean on it, to stand upon it, and to let your light shine. You are not your work, and your work does not define your worth. Because of this, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. All you need to focus on is the power that you have to fill a child's life up with a little bit more magic, to help them find their voice and to see the world not as a place that is full of danger and darkness, but as an endless sea of opportunities to explore and adventures to live. So go slow. Allow yourself to be present, to enjoy where you are today. Take things one step at a time and allow yourself to grow along the way. There's no need to pick up where you left off or remind anyone of what you are capable of. You have permission to begin again, to break free of the harmful beliefs that used to weigh you down. Now, just side note for transparency reasons, that little pep talk that I just walked you through, that was pulled from my journal. 
I wrote it for me and I'm happy to be able to share it here with all of you. But it was something that I needed to, to, to say to myself in order to feel good about moving forward. I'm older and I'm wiser than I was last time I started a new school. I know now that the only thing that really matters is building relationships with KCA school community and figuring out where I can fit in within that community to bring all of the value that I have to offer to it. Not for recognition or like accolades or anything like that, but because I know that it feels good to contribute to something that is bigger than myself. Now, the last item on my fear list is what if I spread myself too thin? I have got a lot going on in my life. I'm a husband, a father, a brother, a son, and an uncle. I run a website that serves hundreds of thousands of teachers every year and lead a community that is growing each and every day. I've embarked on this new journey in the world of parks and recreation, and I still feel like I'm trying to find my footing there. And now I'm about to throw teaching into the mix, something that historically speaking, I know can consume me. With so many variables up in the air, I can already feel the weight of it. And that's a good thing. Not the weight itself, but the awareness of it. Last time around, my ego told me, yeah, take this on. You can do hard things. It desperately wanted to prove itself and make others view it as a super productive force of nature. I see that ego at play now. I don't try to hate on it or anything like that. Instead, I try to welcome it as an old friend one whose advice I'll sometimes take and other times I'll just like smile and nod before continuing on with my life. What I'm trying to say here is that I know I'm good enough that the work I'm currently doing, despite it not always being done in the way that I wish it was, is enough. Again, I don't need to seek out new opportunities to prove myself and I know what I'm worth. That's why I'm comfortable to say no to things, to not have to fill my plate until it breaks and to decide when something needs to be postponed or let go. So for example, in the spring, I was accepted into the Masters of Human Kinetics and Recreation program at Memorial University. Graduate studies have been on my bucket list for a long time, and I applied to the program because I felt like it was the right time. However, since being accepted into the program, a lot of things have changed. I got not one, but two new jobs that I didn't have when I submitted my application to Memorial in the first place. For the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to figure out how I was going to balance everything until one day I realized, what if I didn't have to? So I looked into my options and requested a deferral on my program. I wanted to give myself a year to build a rock solid foundation beneath my feet before taking anything else on. And I'm happy to say that my request was approved and I'll be starting my master's program in the fall of 2024. It's not only okay to say no to things, it's essential. Saying no means saying yes to the things that really matter. Something that I learned from Sahil Bloom is how to use razors, which are statements that make decision-making as binary as possible. A good example of this is Derek Sivers' famous hell yes or no razor. Any new opportunity that comes into your life that you are considering to take on should evoke this full body hell yes response when you ask yourself whether or not it's something you want to do. If it doesn't make you feel that, then it's a no. Simple as that. I honestly believe that the systems that I've intentionally built into my life, the wisdom that I've focused on developing and the tools that I've acquired 
are all going to help me navigate the fear that I'm experiencing in ways that are productive and aligned with my best self. I am so excited to get back to teaching and I know I'm doing so because I wanted this so bad. Even more importantly though, I want to be in this for the long run. I'm grateful for this opportunity to begin again, to do good, to have a lot of fun, and really to be able to share it with all of you. So next week, we'll dive into what has me excited for this upcoming school year and the vision I have for the program that I want to help build at KCA. But that's it for this week. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to The Phys Ed Show on your podcast platform of choice. And if possible, leave a review that will help others want to listen in as well. I love reading the reviews that you leave for the show, and I know that they go a long way in helping other listeners make the decision to add the Phys Ed Show into their weekly podcast rotation. Finally, if you're on the platform already, let me know on threads what takeaway you got out of today's episode. You can hit me up on the physicaleducator.com's account, which is at phys underscore educator. That's at P-H-Y-S underscore E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R. Remember that it is not too late to join PhysEdU, the online professional growth community that I lead for physical educators. To learn more and decide whether or not PhysEdU is for you, visit the physicaleducator.com slash membership. Once again, I just want to say thank you for the time, energy, and attention that you committed to this week's episode. I know that everyone has so much on their plates these days, so trust me when I say that making some space to listen in means the world to me. This has been a blast. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Joey Fight from thephysicaleducator.com. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking good care of yourself and happy teaching. Mm-hmm.